Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send an email to pastorscott at kkla.com. I have a friend who actually went to Dodgers Jail. Like it's a, a prison cell underneath the ballpark somewhere. And uh, that's where they put you if you are one of those people who run out onto the field or you get too rowdy or you do something. What he did was he interfered with a ball in play. What's wrong with that? Well, if you interfere with a ball in play, you can affect the outcome of the game. They used to make that announcement. They probably still do. Remember, it used to be, you know, fans are welcome to keep any ball hidden to the stands. However, there was this, the old announcer had this great big booming voice at Dodger Stadium. Do you remember? However... Any fan interfering with a ball in play will be subject to arrest. And uh, he was arrested. <laughs> and he was sitting in the front row out by the left field foul pole, and he reached in and uh, grabbed the ball. He thought it was a foul ball, but it was not. And uh, cost the Dodgers a couple of runs, too, as I recall. But he he looked at it like, oh, I got to be in uh, Dodger jail. Anyway, I'm, I'm thinking about that because of the controversy at Dodger Stadium that uh, – in the Dodgers organization where the Dodgers have made the decision to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, which is, it is a uh, drag group, but that particular group uh, dresses up as Catholic nuns and a lot of their performance and all of their names and so many of the things they do are mocking Catholicism or Christianity in general. And it's it's pretty foul. It's not. I made a statement uh, online to somebody the other day. I said it's not. We were having this conversation about this, and I don't think people always know. They're saying, "Well, why? You know, if they haven't done this before, why are they upset about it now?" It's because this group is different. And I said they're not the typical drag group. And then they wrote back and they said, "Well, what's typical?" And I guess I don't know because I don't usually attend those things. Maybe I have no idea, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that drag performance performers out there, although it's usually, I think, a sexual thing, probably isn't taking time to overtly mock somebody's beliefs or religion or other things. That's the difference, uh, or at least part of the difference. According to the LA Times today, Clayton Kershaw, Dodger pitcher who loves Jesus, uh, said that he disagreed with the Dodgers' decision to honor the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence during the team's upcoming Pride Night game and that he approached the organization about the expediting of his announcement of the club's relaunching the Christian Faith and Family Day. And so on Friday, uh, Clayton Kershaw tweeted out, hey, Christian Day is coming to Dodger Stadium. And, you know, people 
did not respond, I think, too positively about that, saying, well, yeah, of course it is now because you've offended all of those people. Here's a question for you, though, as, as we think about this and all of that going on. Have you been in a situation in your workplace where you are required to participate or go to something that goes against your moral beliefs, meaning that it could be a big deal or a small deal, and maybe you really wrestled with it because I think sometimes it's hard. You know, there's a there's a place where Jesus is going to go meet with the tax collectors, and that is what he should do. And he should sit down, and he should befriend them, and he should have dinner with them, and he should enjoy his time with them. Um, and there's a way that Jesus can do that where it's clearly not sinning, where clearly it's loving, clearly it is ministry, but also clearly he's not going to take up the tax collector's role of robbing people. And that's what the uh, tax collectors in Roman times could do. They could take whatever is owed of your income to give to Caesar, and then they were allowed to charge whatever it is they wanted for themselves. And so they made themselves very rich, and they were very hated because of that. Jesus took his time to be with them, okay? Uh, But he didn't become a tax collector. You know, he didn't turn around and say, uh, hey, Peter, Peter's pretty naive, right? Let's, uh, Peter, you owe me. He didn't do that. Uh, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. I think it can be a tricky situation uh, sometimes in the world today. You're working for a company that's not a church, it's not a Christian company necessarily, or it's, you know, maybe there's Christians who work there, maybe the boss is Christian, maybe they're not. Sometimes there are things that happen that go against what you th- what you believe, what's the right thing to do. How did you handle that? 888-528-2557. I used to work for a company that doesn't exist anymore. And uh, I suppose I can tell you what company it is because I don't think they exist anymore. Uh, They sold TVs and electronics. It was called Circuit Something. And I was a salesperson there. And it will surprise those of you who know me, but we had to wear blazers, right? There was Blue Blazer Day and there was Gray Blazer Day. And we were super well-trained. You know, I'll brag about that company for a while. We, We were very good salespeople. And I could go into your house, anybody's house, and I could tell you the model number of your TV. That's exactly what I could. I mean, I could tell you everything, and I could hook up everything else. And I don't know what happened because now, you know, 30 years later, I go into Best Buy, and I don't know how anything works. So it's somewhere I lost that ability. But um, one time we had this Christmas party. And okay, Christmas party, and it was being held at a nightclub in uh, somewhere here in the Southland. And I went and didn't think that was really much of a big deal. Figure it's a meal and there might be some dancing and other stuff. Okay, so I go to this thing. Now, the people who work for Circuit City, the people I worked with in particular, were not all young people. There were three or four people who, and I was a young person, okay, so I should add myself to that. But, you know, there were a few of us maybe in our 20s, but everybody else was 40, 50, 60, you know. And uh, you could make a good living in that company, by the way. It was all commission. And if you were in a store where things were busy, you, you could make a really a really good living for a retail store like that. And some people were. Anyway, we go to this nightclub, and uh, there's some music and everything. It's pretty tame for a while. But eventually, now the thing is closed to just our store, right? It's just our company party. There's not other people coming in there. All of a sudden, the young women who are the, the bartenders at different places started taking off their clothes. I'm not even kidding. And I mean, like, and I think as people got more, had more to drink, more clothes would come off, which probably sells more drinks. There's, I'm sure there's a, you know, a reason for that. And I remember having this crisis because everybody knew I went to church. At that point, I was um, 
not headed into ministry by any means, but I was definitely, you know, I took Sunday mornings off and I, you know, people understood where I was coming from. There are other Christians who work there. And also just people where that's just sort of the strangest environment. Well, I, you know, finally I was like, I got to leave. This is just, you know, plus I had a girlfriend who at, at some point she's going to ask how was it or she's going to hear about it. And that would not have gone over well either with her. Uh, so I left. I always thought it was the oddest thing, though, that that company did that. That And then nobody, the management, you know, there were a lot of people who we all joked about it, thought it was ridiculous. But the management just never said anything about it. And I thought, did whoever planned this, did they know that's what the case was in this place. Anyway, it was an awkward thing. So it's it's not just things that you might be dealing with in modern times with pride or certain things like that. There might be other things that, that you've had to deal with that you might have some personal difficulty with. How did you resolve that? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557 is the number. Dan in Rancho Santa Margarita, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, how you doing? I'm good, Dan. How are you? Um, Good. Hey, I, I, you mentioned the Dodgers, and this yeah. has been on my mind now for, what, a week or two. I'm very troubled by something. That was such a clear bias. They, those, The nuns of indulgence, they get out there and they show flesh. It's they, very anti—specifically anti-Christian. You know, it's not— Anti-Christian? I don't think anti-Catholic. it's—I anti- don't think it's typical of, of all of that. I think it's anti-Christian. Yeah, but the thing is, I think us non-Catholics, us Protestants, we should be building an allyship with all groups that are being disparaged and hurt. And, and I remember when the Book of Mormon came out, and uh, I you mean thought, the, the musical. Imagine? Yeah, the musical that yeah. was applauded. Hollywood jumped on it, New York and everywhere. And I thought, what if you would have had a play called The Book of Judaism, and you would have mocked Jews for the way they dress, the way they act? Made crude stereotypes. And the, the Book of Mormon, that musical, it was it was something that was making fun of Mormons, right? It it was not yeah. a pro-Mormon, you know. Oh no, 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 it was yeah. an anti-Mormon thing. They mocked them, they made fun of them, they ridiculed them, and I was a little shocked that 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 nobody else defended them. Where is the allyship? They're still a religion. They still incorporate a lot of Christian values, even though we would consider them off base and that. But they're still because they were white because they were conservative, because they were religious, they, they, they came under a heap of trouble and a heap of hate. And I always defended them. I always said, this is outrageous. But they shouldn't be made fun of. No. And the Catholics were made fun of a couple of weeks ago and mocked. And the Dodgers that we all kind of support or love, did we call for a boycott? Did we tell people to get on their Instagram or their Facebook or their Twitter to call to write? The left knows that we don't do anything. The Christians often sit on their laurels. We don't have an allyship, just like the LGBTQ community. Often the blacks, Jews, and other minorities, they get together and they fight as one. If you look on the Internet and you look on Instagram, you will see these disparate groups. They come together and, and form an allyship together. Yeah. They're more powerful when they have allies. Well, there's, there's quite a few, and, and, and I think that you're right that Christians often don't get involved, but that's changed a little bit so far. And there's actually a lot of Protestants who are on board with this. Um, you know, what should, be, so. what, should, what should be done, Dan, 
you know, in this case, I think every every one of these cases is, you know, maybe there's a different response. Do Christians not go to the ball game, or do Christians instead get really on board big time for the Christian faith and family night that the Dodgers are putting out? Oh, that just seems so hypocritical. They came out with that post. I went to the um, – I just got Instagram a few months ago. Uh, I may be sorry. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. I was about I to say I'm sorry you did that, but yeah. there you go. But you know what? We yeah. have to be in the game. I, I've i sat back for too long and always thought that other people will handle these things. Other people, the older people, will fight and all that. I'm now at the age where I said we can't afford to sit anymore. We've got to get in the game. We need to get in this game all on Coles. Right. We need to get in on Target. We can be nice about it, but we need to put it out there. I mean, look at how some groups will lobby for their own. Do you think they ever would have had a Dodger night where they allowed anti-bigoted uh, racist Jews or racist well, I, uh, yeah. Nazis or neo-Nazis get up? You know, and, and, and Dan, and I appreciate that. I, I want to move on, but I think you're making the right point there is that they would never do this with some other group. Right. It, it would it would they never happen. Them. And I think that's a significant thing that people need to hear. Thank you for your call, Dan. I appreciate it. That's a significant thing, that point there, that – you know, it's one thing, you know, maybe they did to book a Mormon night. I, I never saw that, but I think it was a musical that, uh, as Dan said, uh, mocked Mormon people. Um, Clayton Kershaw in uh, the LA Times, he his statement about it, he said, uh, he said, I don't agree with making fun of other people's religions. Now, he's a Christian. He's outspoken as a, uh, a Bible-believing Christian. And a lot of people on Instagram or social media have been pressuring the Christians on the Dodgers and uh, players from around the league, actually, in other places to say something about this. Kershaw said, according to the LA Times, it has nothing to do with anything other than that. I just don't think that no matter what religion you are, you should make fun of somebody else's religion. So that's something I definitely don't agree with. And so what apparently Kershaw did behind the scenes was he pushed for the Christian faith event. The Dodgers used to do that before the COVID. The last one was 2019. It's a common thing for Major League Baseball and I think other sports probably. The faith and family night kind of thing. I've been to these and what happens is, is that, you know, it's announced you invite your friends, you invite church people to the game. And, you know, from the Dodgers' perspective, you're there to sell tickets. By the way, this is the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. One of the things I'm wondering about is, have you had to deal with this in your own workplace, where there was something presented that you needed to participate in or that you could that uh, maybe you weren't forced to, but you were part of it, and it challenged your beliefs somehow? Uh, it went too far with something, and I think that's what's happening with the Dodgers here, uh, obviously, he says, as a team between my wife and I and different people. So what, what Kershaw did was he called a team meeting, player meeting, to talk about it. And you have to believe, and we've seen this with hockey, and we saw this with some other baseball teams last year, that being forced to put on the, the rainbow flag and this different outfit for that night, it's it's not probably something you want to do as a ball player for various reasons. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you don't even agree. It's just, it's, it's an it's an interesting thing to be forced to do that probably for anything, right? I mean, I think if it was if Christian faith and family night meant that the Dodgers put a cross on their hat instead of the LA and wore, you know, a Jesus fish and Ixuth, you know, Ixuth fish on the sleeve or something, I think that there would be players who would object to that who aren't Christians, right? It would be an odd thing to do. It's a it's a very it's it's just an odd thing to do in general 
Uh, and so there are players who are objecting to that. The Dodgers, I'm sure, are going to try to figure out, I mean, and by that I mean team people, people on the team, how to deal with this. Uh, Kershaw said that he was not aware of the sisters before the Dodgers planned to honor them. And I'll bet that most people sort of didn't know, oh, it's some drag group that gives money to charity. Sure, we'll honor them. And then once they were informed by the Catholic organizations what they do, then the Dodgers, if you don't know the story, the Dodgers kicked them out, said, no, we're not going to honor this group because they're offending half of Los Angeles, who considers themselves Catholic, actually, not even Christian, just Catholic, not even uh, Protestant. Um, and then after receiving a bunch of criticism and pressure from the left, brought them back. Um, and so this is what Kershaw said, according to the Times. He said, I did the best I could to try to understand what they stood for, but called it tough to see videos and other examples of the group's portrayal of Christianity. It's hard to even talk about because on the radio um, because it's just – it's to describe it, you have to describe things that I probably – I don't know that I can say or that I should say because highly sexual and it deals with the cross and crucifixion and communion and it's, you know, it's not tame what happens there. So Kershaw said, for us, we felt like the best thing to do in response was instead of maybe making a statement condemning or anything like that, we should just, in, uh, we would be just to instead try to show what we do support as opposed to maybe what we don't. And that was Jesus. So to make Christian Faith Day a response is what we felt like was the best decision. And so that's coming from uh, the players, and he said that his issue was specifically with this particular group, and he's not trying to offend one side or the other, but to say, hey, you know, there's maybe a way that we can do this and tell people what we're for. And I'm curious about that, because I thought, well, what does that mean? You know, because I think there's something true, something concerning that Christians should think about, that we are so often defined by what we are against and not by what we're for. Um, what we are against probably gets people's uh, blood boiling a little more pro or con, right? It's something that sells more uh, tickets. But how often do we say what we agree? And what happens at these nights, I was saying before, is it's usually something after the game. So after the game, the announcer says, hey, if you want to stay, there's a concert, and it's going to be Phil Wickham or some uh, well-known Christian uh, musician. And then the players who are believers, so Kershaw will be one of them, will come out and give their testimony. And it's a pretty good event for, for, I think, Christians, and especially if you've got kids who are sports fans, to come to because they hear from somebody. I mean, a Clayton Kershaw telling you about Jesus is pretty powerful because he's a future Hall of Famer. And he is somebody who, you know, your your teenager who loves baseball might not listen to you, but they might listen to Clayton Kershaw. And so that is uh, what they're going to do. And it's not new. It just hasn't been done since the COVID shutdowns. Uh, Kershaw said, as a follower of Christ, we're supposed to love everybody well. And I think that means being able to be at a lot of different places and to be able to be part of a lot of different things. He said, it's an opportunity to be kind and to share our testimony of what we believe in and why we believe it and how it affects our performance on the field. It's a great opportunity to see the platform that Jesus has given us and how to use that for his glory and not ours. That's typically what the conversation is. Now, there's a part of this uh, conversation. By the way, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. There's a part of this article that I did find uh curious. And the the writer of the article at the LA Times 
uh, Jack Harris is his name. And I think what this says is, and this isn't to call him out, this I think that this represents a problem that we have in our society right now and all kinds of different issues. He said, Kershaw declined to offer specifics about his research into the sisters group or how he reconciles his stated belief of to love everybody with opposition to a group that has a long history of raising awareness and money for LGBTQ issues. Did you hear, did you catch that, that he, the writer wants to put in there right at the end, that he didn't offer specifics of what it means to love everybody with opposition to a group. There's an assumption there that says if I oppose what a certain group does or what they believe in, then it's hate. You see that, that it's not love. That if I don't agree with what this group is doing, then somehow I am not loving. And certainly that's not what Kershaw is saying. Certainly Kershaw is saying we need to love these people, but at the same time we can be in opposition to what they do. I think that affects a lot of thinking in this country. When we're dealing with the idea of love and hate, and that's a lot of the pressure, right, is if you don't toe the line, particularly coming from the left, but sometimes this happens from the right, right? If, you don't, if you're not on board 100% with something, then you're not just somebody who opposes. You're a hater, and you're a bad person. And then the, the writer doesn't even acknowledge what this group actually does. There is a complete difference between, you know, just one group that might typically be there on Pride Night, which I think they've been doing for 11 or 12 years, and then this group. It's it's a very clear, significant difference in what they do. Have you been in a situation like this where you have to uh, take a moment and say, hey, uh, how do I participate in this thing that's going on at my school or in my class or in my workplace? Um, how do you deal with that? 888-528-2557 is the number, 888 2557. I'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show, Tuesday. Hope you had a good Memorial Day weekend. The number is 888-528-2557, Before the break, we're talking about the controversy at the with the Dodgers, and they're inviting of a controversial uh, drag group to perform on, uh, I don't know if they're going to perform or just be honored, actually, at Pride Night. And um, that's caused, of course, a, a lot of uh, outrage. And there's, you know... Uh, what I think is something interesting, too, is somebody sent me the the fan code of conduct. You know, somewhere you never read it, but you click on it and you agree to it when you buy a ticket to the game. And it says any conduct or attire, including caps, face coverings, etc., that includes any content such as words, photos, drawings, artwork or other designs deemed by the Dodgers in their sole discretion to be obscene, profane, vulgar, indecent, violent, threatening, abusive, prejudiced against any individual or group because of their race, religion, or sexual orientation, or which encourages or promotes illegal behavior is prohibited. It's interesting to me that the uh, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, they can be honored on the field, but they wouldn't be allowed to wear that in the stands. Just a, just a thought there that uh, somewhere along the line, something's missing here. All right, 888-528-2557. Sherelle, uh, am I saying it right? Sherelle in Inglewood? Yes, that's correct. I yes, remembered. Correct. How you doing today, Sherelle? I'm doing fine. Thanks for um, calling. Yeah, what I wanted to, thank you. Yeah, what I wanted to share is that when I um, worked overseas in the Middle East, 
um, at a university for women. Um, they wanted us to kind of fudge the grades, and I refused to do that. I just put the grades that the students deserve to get, to say all girls university. So what did so they what did my, they want you to do? They wanted like kids who didn't pass, or I should say, young women who didn't pass. They wanted us to kind of up their grade, and I'm like, oh. no, I'm not doing that. Yeah, what you, what you got is what you got. So, yeah, yeah, you know, good for you. So that was over in the Middle East, you said. Yeah, Saudi Arabia, yeah. Yeah, and so who was telling you that? Was it a, a local school or like a military school? No, this was a university for women. A university for women. What do you, what do you think about that happening uh, here? There's a story today of a, a school in Texas where only three, three of the graduates actually have passing grades and whether or not they should walk. Oh, that's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Uh, they did postpone That's the graduation, crazy. and I guess what they're going to do is try to tutor people and get them across, you know, over the line, which is better than just pushing them along, I think. Yeah, that is better. you got to earn it. You have to earn it. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you stood up for that, because that's better for those women. Yeah, as a Christian, i got to do what's right. Yeah, absolutely. i got to answer God. That's, that's my real boss, so. That's right. That's right. And uh, And you know what? I think maybe you'd never hear it from those women now, but somebody's thankful to you because of that. Because, I'm sure. Because they got an education later that they, they needed, and, and the education matters more than the graduation, I think, uh, mm-hmm. or later in life. Thank you, Sherelle, for calling uh, today. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Have you ever been in a situation where you were asked to participate or do something that you morally didn't agree with with your company or, you know, at your school or someplace where you just felt like, you know, I shouldn't be involved in this, where maybe you had to navigate that. I think that happens a lot, you know, in in our world today for a lot of different reasons. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Yeah, the, the story I was mentioning is a Texas high school postpones graduation after most students fail to earn their diploma. I mean, think about that. Almost the whole class, only five of the 33 students um, actually met the requirements for graduation. That's the number. Five. Uh, that's pretty bad. It's a small school, obviously, probably small town. Glad that they, they did that. You know, it's one of the things that gets pushed sometimes today, and that happens for a lot of our kids, right? We just move them through. And we're not really sure what to do or we don't have the resources to tutor kids or in some places people are just not being taught math and English and science. And we still move them through and graduate anyway. That hurts them for their entire life. And it might seem comfortable at the moment. You know, it might seem like, you know, as a student, you're probably relieved. And and I get that. And I'll bet there's a lot of, you know, for this school, I'm sure that there's a lot of fighting about you know, whether or not I can graduate and what happens if you don't. Uh, My son, uh, James, when he was, when he went to school in kindergarten, he was thrilled about going to school. He'd been looking forward to going to school for years. And uh, he, he had to learn, you know, the patience of studying and learning things. I'll never forget. He wanted to read so bad since he was, since he could talk, he just wanted to read. And then he went to kindergarten. And after his first week, he came home in tears and sad and frustrated that he couldn't read yet. He had it in his mind that in a week he's going to learn how to read. He can just read anything. And then it kind of discouraged him. After that, he was like, well, forget it then. <laughs> if I don't, you know, five-year-old, forget it then. I don't have to learn how to read. And uh, it took him a while to get on board. Now he's a great reader, but it, it took him a while. 
Anyway, he goes to school. He was so excited about school. He was still generally pretty happy with school. But by the time he's in the third grade, his younger brother, John, now is going to kindergarten. And John was excited about going to school. And I remember getting in the car to take them to school on the first day. And it's John's first day of school. James is third grade. And Johnny is so excited about going to school. And he just says, I can't wait. I'm so glad I finally get to go to school. And James says in the cynical voice, he says, yeah, I remember being excited about going to school, too. But that's that's because I didn't understand what school really was, which I thought was a hilarious thing to say. (laughs) Oh, he's figured out there's work involved and you got to take tests and you got to do this. So I can understand why students would be relieved in the short term to not have to go back and and do your senior year all over again or not go to Sunday school. I get or Sunday school, summer school. Um, but kudos really for this school. The uh, superintendent's name is Daryl Henson, and he said in a statement that the school district maintains high expectations, probably not that high if only five of 33 actually can graduate. Um, but then he said, as we navigate these challenges, one thing is clear, students in Marlin uh, School District will be held to the same standards as any other student in Texas. So they're they're postponing graduation. And at some point, they will graduate if they can go back and through tutoring and other stuff, get to a passing grade. They're still probably disadvantaged, though. I think that's the thing is that if you don't educate people, you can graduate them and give them the paper. But if they can't read and write at a level that will help them compete in the actual workplace where people are actually making money, where people actually have expectations of performance and ability and communication – it hurts them for their entire life. We, we're missing that, I think, more and more often in our society today. 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Have you been in a situation like that where you had to do something or you were asked to do something that morally you objected to? Maybe you were asked, like Sherelle, to you know, promote or, or graduate kids students, and she, I think she was talking about university level too, who really didn't do the work. And you had to put your foot down and say no. Or maybe you were a part of something where, like the story I told her, they brought in, uh, you know, essentially, uh, you know, strippers to the uh, the Christmas party, that kind of thing. And you got to excuse yourself and get out. Uh, that matters a lot. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. The uh, boycott situation, you know, I'm curious to what you think about the Dodger thing. Do you boycott the Dodgers in the same way that people are trying to boycott uh, Target and uh, Bud Light? The Babylon Bee, you know what Babylon Bee is? It is a satire website. It's hilarious. Um, It's very funny. And I don't know if you'll find this funny or not, but I laughed out loud. And it's it's discussing the idea that you're going to boycott Target. Some people are boycotting Target because of the pushing of particularly uh, trans wear towards kids um, and uh, that agenda they're moving uh, more, you know, not just, hey, it's Pride Month and here's some stuff, but it's we're putting this in your face and you've got to say this, okay? So there's a lot, there's a lot to that story. But so a lot of people aren't going to Target right now. Target has lost, what, $10 billion in the past couple of weeks in their market valuation, and it's, you know, significant. Anyway, the Babylon Bee, it's satire, right? And the satire is... Wife calls off Target boycott five seconds after walking into a Walmart. Now, that that made me laugh. And it, sometimes they have stories, right? It says, Trisha Sloan, who had previously announced a hardline boycott against Target, then called off the boycott shortly after her first attempt to shop at her local Walmart. 
She said, after further consideration, I've come to the conclusion that I may have acted rashly and I am willing to give Target another chance. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, see, I'm, I'm, I don't really care. I'd rather shop online. Uh, but it is a different experience going to Walmart than Target. You know, roughly the same stuff, right? It's, I don't know that there's that much of a price difference. Target might even be more expensive than Walmart, uh, I think, maybe. But not the same. Different experience the entire time. Anyway, that, that made me laugh. 888-528-2557. Should we boycott the Dodgers? Should that go into the same same category? Or should we do what Clayton Kershaw, Christian on the Dodgers, is asking us to do and come to the Faith and Family Night? I think that that's an interesting question with a lot of these things. At what point are you doing more damage to um, the faith and to opportunities um, by asking a secular company to follow some kind of rules. Now, I think on some of these issues, when you're attacking kids and you are mocking you know, a religion or other people, yeah, we should, as a society, be against that. Yeah, as a society, we should stand up for each other on that. As Christians, then, you know, how do we navigate that? Do we leverage that opportunity for Faith and Family Night at Dodger Stadium, and then bringing that back. And, you know, I've been to those, as I said before. It's a it's a useful, uh, particularly for kids, a great evangelical outreach. Uh, I've seen kids come to Christ because they came and they heard from their favorite baseball player that they also love Jesus. It kind of gives permission. Like it's, it's one thing if a parent believes in Jesus. You know, as a pastor, I've dealt with that with and I'm a pastor's kid, right? Well, of course you believe in Jesus. You're forced to go to church. You can't choose to go to some other church, right? It's a, and some of you are in that situation just because your parents are Christian. It's, it's different for a kid to hear it from somebody else. And it's positive, especially somebody who is successful uh, and other things. Do you have any thoughts about that? Give me a call, 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. Also, if we have time for it, there is a couple who got married at a fast food joint. And it's kind of a cool story. We'll talk about that also as the Pastor Scott Show's Tuesday edition continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. What's the right response to uh, the Dodgers and uh, what's going on with the Dodgers, the Los Angeles Dodgers, uh, inviting and honoring on Pride Night a a drag group that their their shtick is that they mock sexually, mock uh, Catholicism, but also Christianity in general, and it's pretty foul, the, the whole thing. Um, the Catholic organizations are asking for a boycott and letter writing and those kinds of things. You still go. The Dodgers then later announced that they are bringing back Christian Faith and Family Night, and it's not scheduled yet, and all the details aren't there yet, but it's coming soon, probably in September. And... Um, you know, what's the story? What do you do? 888-528-2557. Carol and Van Eyes, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm Catholic, and I've been going to a parish for 36 years, the same one. Yeah. In the 90s, one of my priests um, there actually did service for the, the Dodgers at the stadium, because a lot of them at that time were Catholic. Mm. And I definitely know a lot of people I know would not go to the Dodgers games if they had 
these people go and perform mocking Christianity like that. Yeah, so you would say that it's uh, the right thing to do is to not go. I would point. think so. How long do you yeah. do that for? Like forever? Do you, do you become a, uh, a dreaded Giants fan? What do you do? I don't know. I'm not really a Dodger fan. I don't really like baseball. I went to one game when I was a young teenager. <laughs> but um, I, I know about them. Yeah. Because um, I've been here my whole life in right. the Valley, 56 years. Yeah. Um, but just any sporting event, to me, that's so inappropriate yeah, to have well, something like that there. Especially I certainly wish a lot of kids go to those games. Yeah, see, I think uh, some people, thank you for your call, Carol. I think some people are, you know, I've heard some people say, why is this year these things happening? The Pride stuff's been around forever. I think part of it is because there's so much of a new emphasis on kids, and that's some of it, is I'm bringing my kids to this, why would I do that? Uh, that's the target issue, I think, is the kid issue. And, of course, what we're seeing in schools, I think there's more of a critical mass, too, that of people understanding, wait, there's an agenda here that's beyond just people's rights to do whatever they want to in a free country. There is an agenda here that is targeting uh, people and people believe, and I believe that it's indoctrination of something much greater than uh, just, um, you know, whatever these guys are actually doing. Rudy and Brea, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hi, thanks uh, for taking my call. You're welcome, Rudy. Um, huge Dodger fan. Yeah, uh, I've, been, I've been I've been a Dodger fan pretty much my whole life, and uh, I, I view them as a corporation. You know, I they're they make fickle. When I heard about them, you know, disinviting the group and then they invited them back again, I'm just shaking my head. I'm just wondering what the heck is going on over there, the management or you know the team administration because. It just looks fickle. It looks like, uh, but that's how they've always been, and I've always understood that. Doesn't really bother me exactly, you know, per se. Like, I don't support everything that they support. Doesn't bother me to still root for them. Is there a and, line uh, that so, that companies should draw on uh, social issues? Like, how do we? Somewhere there's a line, right? You wouldn't have Nazi night, and you wouldn't have, you know, there's certain nights that you would not do. Certain groups you would not invite were just because they happen to give something charitable to somewhere, you know, that you right. wouldn't do. Like somewhere you have to draw the line. Yeah, and I, and I think that's a, that's a good question on where to draw it. But, like, I'm, I also know that not everything is for everybody. And there's, like, this notion nowadays that where everything has to be for everybody. And just because this one person doesn't like it on on one side of the spectrum, that that means we have to cancel the whole thing. You know, it's like... Everybody's so scared of just, just you know, living and let live because this is America. You know what I mean? If you don't want to, if you don't want to go to Target and buy, look at clothes that are like uh, geared towards transgender or whatever, just don't go there or don't shop there. You know what I mean? It's like somebody yeah. actually asked me that, and I had uh, I hadn't heard about um, the transgender clothes, and he said, "How do you feel about transgender clothes being sold at Target?" I'm like, "What do transgender clothes even look like?" <laughs> and they're like, well, it's con it's confusing, and I'm like, yeah. to who is it? Com is it confusing to the adult or the kid? Because it's like, I don't even look at it. Yeah. I mean, I don't go to Target. It doesn't bother me. Like, if you don't want to buy clothes that are are or like cross dressing, people think any any type of cross dressing is transgender. I don't think that's true. I think uh, dresses and skirts and all that kind There's of. Yeah, there's a whole lot of misunderstanding about some of the, the differences, yeah. but I, I think somewhere the line is kids, right? The line is, are we just 
providing something for people who want to dress a certain way, or are we trying to indoctrinate the younger generation into a way of thinking? Um, And I think that's somewhere, I think that's why this is blowing up differently this year. Mm-hmm. You know, Rudy, yeah, I want to I, I want to go I on just, to the next call, but I appreciate okay. uh, your call very yeah. much. Thanks for calling the Pastor Scott Show, uh, Bob in Garden Grove. Welcome to Pastor Scott Show. Yes, uh, Scott, thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, I just like to make a story, like what you asked before uh, about what happened when you find yourself in a situation you don't want to do it. You right. Know? And I was on a mission trip to uh, Europe, and uh, I have to ship my container. Christian Cathedral donated more than two tons of clothes, a bunch of other people and my friends associated. Anyway, so one gentleman donated four units for air conditioners for the church. And once I get on the border, I get stuck for nine days, Scott. I mean, you, <laughs> you can imagine. We tried to pray. I said, Lord, what is the way? What is, they tried to get me around, around. Give me this paper. I need this paper. I, you know? I've been traveling through missions for almost the last 30, 30 years, so it's not a big deal, but this was really unique. And at the end, I see what they want. They want some money, so I have to bribe the customs officer. Oh. Which I really didn't want to do it. I said, Lord, you have to get me through this. But he did, partially, all the way through, but... On the end, you know, I mean, I stay nine days. You know how much cost you have to go. Now we have to install those air conditioners. Yeah. I have to deliver all the clothes. You know, I'm stuck in a boat. I'm not going to sit there. You know, I'm only short time. So did you do it and bribe them? Did you Did you go ahead and do it? And I have to put in my passport, a couple of hundred bucks. And now he says, oh, everything is good. Everything is clear. Now. It's wild, huh? That's, uh, that's a part of it. I had that experience once uh, on a mission trip uh the interesting thing is, it's a long story. We bribed them with Bibles. We brought thousands of Bibles into El Salvador, and uh, we got pulled over. We thought we were going to get killed, and we gave them. We don't know if they wanted to read them or if they were going to sell them, but uh, that's what we gave them to get out of there. Yeah, yeah. same thing would happen. I also shipped the Bible too, so they didn't complain about Bibles. It was good. Yeah, but they just was questioned about what about the air conditioning unit? You know, how come? You know, why air conditioning unit? How come somebody done it? He gave me all questions all around. Come on. I said, I have all these papers, you know. I have no problem. Uh, but, but you anyway, put some money yeah, in your yeah. passport, and that solved the problem. And he said, he starts smiling, and it's, it's clear now. You can go. Yeah. Oh. Hey, Bob, thanks for sharing that story. Okay. I think that's a, I think that kind of thing is common out there if you've been on some of those mission trips. And it's a, it is a moral dilemma, right? Um, about that. Hey, I want to share this story before we go here. We just have a minute here. I just liked it. There's a couple who got married at a, a White Castle burger joint. You know what those are? We don't have them here in California because we tax companies too highly. But there is a uh, fast food joint called White Castle. The nearest one is in Scottsdale, Arizona. They serve hamburgers. And uh, I think I've eaten there one time on some travel. It was pretty good. There's a couple who got married there. And the reason they got married there is because this woman, her name is Jamie West. She she grew up in the foster system since she was four years old and ended up in 96 different foster homes. Just think about that as a little kid, just moving and eventually ended up homeless. It was it was horrific. okay. and she ended up homeless and traveling the country and uh, just doing what she could to get by. But every White Castle, she went to some White Castle restaurant and used the restroom like you do, okay? 
And she came out, and they they gave her a whole bag of these little hamburgers. The White Castle. Am I right about this, JJ? The White Castle, little tiny burgers, right? That's their like sliders. Yeah, little tiny. Yeah, little tiny. You can buy them here in the frozen food section of your supermarket. Not as good. And she got so she got a whole bag of them. And what she discovered is that every time she went to a White Castle somewhere and used the restroom as a homeless person, um, she would come out and they fed her. And she found that to be such a great act of kindness over her life. Well, different things happened, and she was able to get her life together, and it's pretty rough. And 25 years later, she got engaged, and they did their ceremony at a White Castle in Scottsdale, the same one that uh, fed her the first time, I guess. And uh, they did it in this way where they're dressed like king and queen and like it's a castle. And they have this wedding ceremony, and they, they made a cake for her that looks like a White Castle burger. And instead of throwing uh, rice or flower petals, they threw dried onions. And uh, I just thought it's a neat story about how important kindness is. And people will remember your, your kindness. They don't always they don't always say thankful, you know, you know thank you. And, and people often don't express their gratitude, and they should. But I think they remember it. Uh, hopefully. And she did. I think it's a great story. It's in the Washington Post today. If you wanted to read that story, uh, you can probably find it uh, elsewhere. Just remember that just simple acts of of kindness um, can go a long way. And that is something that we should all be known for. That is something that each and every one of us can do. And I thought, I think it's a great story. Think about all those, those foster homes that she was in. That's just rough, and I'm glad that she's doing okay. The article doesn't say anything about her faith or if there was, you know, believers involved or anything like that, just that she was all over the country, Uh, so I don't know. But regardless, we can learn a lot. Uh, Just be kind. Do that. Hey, this is the Pastor Scott Show. You can get the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, or you can get it on the KKLA app. Go to kkla.com. Download the app. You'll always have the show available wherever you are in the world. We're also available live on your favorite radio app, and you can get the podcast on your favorite podcast app. Looking forward to being back with you tomorrow. We're together each and every day from 3 to 5. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. Thanks for joining me on the Tuesday edition of the Pastor Scott Show. Have a good night. God bless.